Well, hello. Welcome back to the Shuffle and Flow show. I'm Michael, and Nathan is over there, and Mr. Aaron Cash is in the center. We are ca clashing plaids today. Clashing plaids are in the house. <laughs> um, hey, we wanted to touch base with um, Aaron's beginnings today. So we wanted to ask him, how did you start dancing? Well, if you didn't guess by now, he's from Australia. So it's a dual question. How did he start dancing, and how, as an immigrant, did you start dancing <laughs> in, immigrant. in America? Well, I was born in a pouch. In a pouch, in a pouch, <laughs> lovely. Because you're tired, you're poor, you're hungry. Yes. Uh, no, mommy made me do it. What'd you, what, how old were you when you started? I was eight years old. My mum decided in some brilliant flash of inspiration to take me to dance class. And my cousin was a really famous choreographer in Australia. He was like our, his name was Ross Com, and he, they called him Rossi. He was like Bob Fosse of Australia. I mean, the guy was genius. Probably the best choreographer I've ever worked with in my life. But we grew up in another, I grew up in another state. She called him up and said, who's the best person to take him dancing? Uh, learn dancing from. So Clarissa Hill, Miss Hill, she's about this big. She's like a munchkin, munchkin person. She's like my second mum. I love, love Miss Hill. Um, but I was eight years old, this fat kid from the south side of Brisbane, very working class. I had on my jazz pants, which was stretchy, and a white Bond shirt, which is like a Hanes shirt, tucked in, and the rolls of fat were just hanging over the sides. You were a heavy kid? I was a fat kid. Really heavy? Or just sort no, of? Well, look, I thought at the time, you know, kids now, I mean, obesity's out of control. What I thought, I thought I was, but I look at photos now, and I, I was, you know, puppy fat. Um, but... I end up there, and I was the only boy in my grade. There was one other boy at the studio, and his name was Jamie, and he was like a young Nathan Prevost. He was like a, a bronze Aussie god. He was, <laughs> he was, he was a, a bronze Aussie god. He was a god. The kid was like shredded. You <laughs> Nine. Know? And I'm, no, totally, and I'm an oompa loompa. And I was like, oh great. So I freaking hated it. And she would make me go to dance class. It was like four times a week. She'd make me go. Did you take everything? Ballet, everything, tap, ballet jazz, jazz, tap. You named it. Acrobatics. We didn't, no, we didn't have acro at school, okay, so okay. I wish. Um, but she, she, mum would force me to be raining outside and be like, oh, it's too dangerous, we can't go. She'd be like, get your ass in the car. <laughs> and the freaking wedges, you remember the wedges? And my mother, we called my mother the dragon lady, okay, because she had a temper. And those wedges would come flying across the, the room. <laughs> oh, no. <And> then, <laughs> oh, shit, you know, then you get your ass in the car. Yeah. No one messed with the dragon lady. Um, so she forced me to go, and I hated it. I hated being in there with all those girls and up the back there and giggling. And, you know, I'd make up any excuse not to, I'd be like, oh, I've got to go to the bathroom. But uh, persist, we persisted, well, she persisted with me, and I kept going. And Miss Hill was so kind and lovely. And about sort of six months into it, I got bit by the bug. And I, I started to fall in love with it. And then came the end of year concert. And this was amazing. So she had two boys, the only boys in the school. She was going to feature these boys in an end of year concert number. So the whole, she was going to finish the whole uh, concert with the love boat. Love boat, exciting and new, come aboard. Was hey. <laughs> that was going to be the big number. And the whole school was going to be in it. So we'd all be in the first party in our own grade and performing, and then we'd come out and do the dynamic duo halfway through the two boys coming on stage doing the piece. And Frick and frack. Frick and frack, you know, the bronze dozzy and the oompa loompa. And, and I was, you know, her genius costume was like, oh, I can just see it now, boys. It's going to be great. So, you know, I can see the colours. We'll have buttercup yellow and electric blue, and we'll put you in electric blue speedos. I'm a... 
fucking fat kid. And she, electric blue no speedos. Way. I'm like, what? I was mortified. I was like, ah. but she so, didn't get yellow. Oh well, no, yes, no, that, 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 that's what we wore on top. The buttercup yellow Terry Towling shirt. Oh, Thank God. Oh. Yeah, yes, like speedos, mate. And speedos. bare legs. Yeah, budgie smugglers, as we call them in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and bare legs, exactly. I'm eight years old. I'm like, I'm traumatized. Mortified, yeah. I was mortified, but I was like, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do? You know, I. I was the kind of kid we used to stand in the corner and eat cow dung, you know, for three hours I'd do it. Oh, okay, uh, you know, so I'm going to do it. Here's Jamie's all there and all the girls are all like, oh, he's so cute, you know. Um, so we get to dress rehearsal. And dress rehearsal was, it was in this amazing, the Chanel Theatre in Brisbane, which is a beautiful, uh, on the university, I think it's Queen, uh, Queensland, University of Queensland campus. And it's, it's in St. Lucia, very lush, green, affluent area. And this theatre has a lot of, history and tradition and as a kid walking in there backstage eight years old I'd never been in that environment before my mum was a Florence and my dad was like a truck driver you know so I, it was magical and seeing the flies and the smell and the hairspray of the girls um, so we have dress rehearsal and she's on stage and we're in our costumes and she's with the boombox playing the music like this and it gets it get, we go we do the first part with our groups and then we come off and i'm getting ready to make the next entrance with with jamie for the boys duo and she says before we get out boys boys take your shirts off this is while the numbers and like everything's going on i'm like Tell me i'm like i'm shitting myself i'm like what so i'm like <laughs> okay and you know when you're in the moment and you have no choice yeah and he's like oh bugger it you know and you just take the thing off you go Okay, and then it's time to go on stage. And as soon as I stepped foot on stage, it was like out there, everything was like slow. It hit me, the lights hit me, the hairspray, <laughs> the girls. It was, it was like slow mo. It was like, the fat's going blah, 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 Super slow mo. And I was on fire. It was just like, I couldn't hit it. You know what it's like when you dance and you can't do it hard enough? Uh, it hit me at that moment. It was a defining moment. I've got a mate, Mike Murray, he always says, there's this moment when God speaks. And it was at that moment, at eight years old, God spoke. And I heard this little voice inside of my head saying, you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. And it was like, ah. Mm. Oh. And she stopped the music. Halfway through the piece, she stopped, stop, 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 boys, stop. She said, Aaron, go back and do that again. I was like, oh, I thought I was in trouble. I thought, oh God, what have I done now? She said, no, not you, Jamie, just Aaron, like this. And the whole school's there watching this. And I was like, she played the music. And I went out and I was shitting myself. And I went out and I do it again. Full and out. Full out. And it was the same thing. I couldn't bite into it hard enough. And the curry was so naff. I mean, it was like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was cheesed out. It was so totally. cheesy. But, it, but you were in it. You were in it. No, totally. Um, and I was in it. And, she, and I finished the piece and she stopped. And she said, oh, every single one of you, this is how you do it. This is how it has to awesome. be done. You have to take a page out of his book. Awesome. And, and it was like eight years old to have that. I was like, and it was such a defining, it was a watershed moment in my life. Mm. And, and I, I really have been doing it all my, I have been, I'm still scarred. You know, I hate taking my shirt off. Um, <laughs> still scarred when it comes to that. But that was when I fell in love and I knew that I'd be dancing for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Did your physical appearance hinder you moving forward or did the weight come off naturally or did you have to work it off? The, the weight came off naturally and I was one of those kids that was pretty athletic. I mean, I played cricket and I played rugby up until I was 15 along with the dancing and I played two codes of rugby. Um, and we, I mean, my mum and dad were amazing when I think about it. They were taxi service and right, they ran right. us all over right. Brisbane. 
You Shout know, out to all the parents, yeah, taxis. Mean, major. And, and the support, and my dad, my, my other memories too of my dad, my dad died about a year ago. Um, and he was, you know, he, he, he liked to drink. Um, but dad would be waiting there till like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night to take me home. He, he'd worked a full day. He would get up at two in the morning to go work at the flower markets and he'd sell flowers there, finish work on about 6.37. And then he'd have to go around and then go around different uh, um, places they sell um, their product and check on them and, and blah, blah, blah. But then he, he, would, he would end up inevitably at the pub placing bets and then he'd swing by and he'd wait for me listening to the races on, on the radio probably consuming about another three six packs and then there was an and he placed his bets with the sp bookie there was a a, a a phone booth right across from from the church hall where we grew up where we were dancing so you know i'd be in there dancing away and he i think he loved it because he didn't have to do with my mother <laughs> <laughs> and he'd just be having his beer following the punting on the horses going over making his bets and then we drive home and he would be full as a family pirate i mean he would be mm. pissed as a mute and dry, no seat belts yeah yeah you know i'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> now i think about it, i'm like holy cow yep. um and the, he, he the scary thing is, you know, there's probably still people out there doing that. And he did that up. He he would drink and drive. Uh, yeah. They finally got him, I think, in 84. Uh -huh. But all those years now, I think, oh, my God. It was crazy. Good. Yeah, it was But he was, he was so supportive. And so was my mum. They were amazing. Uh, and when I was 15, I said, I want to move to Sydney because my cousin had a performing arts school there. And I'd done a summer school with him. Then I auditioned for the scholarship program, and, and I got accepted. Um, and I was acting, singing, and dancing. And at 15. At 15, yeah. Um, Move, coming up to 15, and you were still in your local school. Did you have schoolmate problems that, that when they found out you were dancing? Well, for the longest time, for the longest time, I was so deathly scared that anyone would find out that I danced. And of course, inevitably, you go to school with a girl whose brother goes to the same school, <laughs> and then they find out. And then up until I was about 12, 13, I thought my name was Puff the Bloody Dancer. You know, because, ah, there's the Puff the Bloody Dancer, he does dancing, you know. Mm -hmm. But I was also a big kid, so I, most of the guys that would do that, they would be playing football with me as well. And, and so <laughs> you get a little bit of payback on the football field. Mm -hmm. um, but it was still humiliating. One day, when I was about 14 or 13 or 14, I was going to Catholic school and uh, a couple of the boys went through my bags and uh, they were running around the quadrangle at lunchtime with my dance belt and, and, and another one with a pair of tights on my head. And I was thought to myself, if you knew where that's been, you wouldn't have it on your head. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you, mate. <laughs> totally. Definitely not a hat. <laughs> Bloody idiot. It's <laughs> not a hat. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, came, you know what it's like with dance. You're so young, I think it's a short career, finite career. You need, you need to move fast on it. And at 15, I was had a choice to either go to the Australian Ballet School or the, Queens, the Queensland um, Ballet Company had a school, uh, Queensland Dance School of Excellence. I went there for about six months. I hated it because it was just, it was just ballet. That's all it Too was. Regimented. Too regimented. I mean, I was bad. I'd get stoned. I'd be in class, stoned off my face. And, I mean, the girls were all lovely. I still got a couple of friends from there, but it didn't satisfy me. I needed to do the acting and the singing and the dancing because. Yes, I danced, but my mum had me in youth theatre. You know, mm. we'd, we'd, we'd be, you know, singing. That's what I'm talking about. Like, Saturdays and Sundays were nuts. Yeah. Get up in the morning, be a dance class. We'd be dance class by 8, leave there about 11. Then she'd take me to youth theatre. That'd be, like, from 11.30 to 1.30. Then I'd have the football game or the cricket game in the afternoon. And that'd be anywhere on the north side, south side, east side, west side of Brisbane. Uh, and they, they were cool with it. And, you know, that was sort of, that amazing. was life. It was amazing. amazing. Did you have a sense that even though you got made fun of, 
that you were something special? That, did you have a, a sense of that specialness, of that gift that you were given early, or did that come later on as you became a professional? See, I, that's really weird. I've never felt that I had, uh, that I was special. That's a weird way of putting it. Uh, unique? What, no, no, not unique. No, I just felt I had a passion. I had something that I burned for, mm -hmm. and I didn't really think that it made me special or different. It was like a, it was a hunger and a pursuit. I mean, I would get home late at night, then I'd go into my room and I'd wrap myself with you know, a cling wrap and put on plastic pants and, and you know, put on music and keep practice, practicing kip-ups and things, you know, like that I couldn't do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You know you've been I there. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, I couldn't for the longest time. Follow yeah, flat. Yeah. Yeah, over. Oh, yeah. and, I, and then getting calluses on, you know, my lower part of my back from where the carpet oh, burn and all wow. that stuff. Um, but being special, I, no. Uh, Maybe you know, maybe when I moved to Sydney and then there was interest and I got these scholarships to study at, at the ballet, the different ba um, ballet schools. But my cousin was the one that talked me out of it, mm. and he said no. And he, I mean, you'll get the ballet. I mean, it was like you know, you know, I because of the school that I went to, she was more um, jazz and tap, and the classical was not bad, but it wasn't. You know, by the time I got to sort of fifteen, I should have been. A better stand classically. Mm -hmm. If I, you know, and I was a guy, so I got into the Aussie Ballet School, and I always had crazy jump. I could always jump, um, so that that always worked on my side. But my cousin was like, "No, you are going to be so bored if you just do ballet. You need to be versatile in this career. You have more strings to your bow. You come, you'll do acting, singing. You'll get all forms of dance." And I did that for two years, and I had a scholarship with him, and that was the best training that I ever had because it was it was amazing moving to Sydney. And being by myself, did you live with him? I did for a short amount, and his lover. It was like Torch Song trilogy, and you know, my mom and dad always fought, and I went there, and it was a sense of normalcy mm. and love, and 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 they, you know, he he's another shock and alcoholic. But oh my God, he lived life in such an incredible way. Mm -hmm. And he's such an incredible talent. And his partner, Michael Tyke, who was probably one of the greatest sort of musical directors or, that we've had in Australia. Amazing man, amazing talent. And I'm around all these incredible Australian performers all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and just this, it was, it was, life was exciting. Mm. It was new, it was fresh. Magical. It was magic, it was exactly that, it was magical. And you turn up, and we worked our asses. I, I would be at 7.30, I'd get there, and I probably wouldn't finish till 11.30 at night. And then they lived in the city, so we'd walk home and then sit up until about two o'clock talking, looking at videos or whatever. It just, it was an amazing time. It was so inspiring. What, what was the turning point for you to say, okay, I've learned what I needed to learn from this school, and what, how did you move forward from there? Well, I finished the course and the program, and then I started working straight away. I started working in Sydney. In Sydney, commercial uh, work. Yeah, commercial work in nightclubs. I was doing TV. Ross would use me on stuff. Um, there was another amazing guy called David Atkins. At eighteen. Uh, yes, this was like even even while I was in school, they nice. would let me work. You know, this is seventeen. My first real big job was um, for Ross. We did the Australian Film Awards, which was amazing. You know. Um, party going on back here. Uh, we're at Roxanne's in Long Beach. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way. Oh, yeah. they were Thank really, you, really good to let us shoot here. <laughs> totally. uh, but um, but yeah, so I started working right away, and then 
after a couple of years of doing that and worked with this guy called David Atkins, who's like, David's like this big. He, he was famous in Australia because he created um, a show called Dancing Man, which I ended up going into. He was an amazing, he still is, he's an amazing director. He does all the Olympics now. But David did Chorus Line, he did the album watch in Cisco, Peter, Pat, bum, bum, mm -hmm. bum. He originated that in Australia and my cousin Ross originated the Paul role. And mm. they were really <coughs> the two like mega talents in Australia and completely different. One was very heterosexual, and the other one very homosexual. Incredible taste and light, amazingly trained classically. He was one of the original members, founding members of the Sydney Dance Company, Ross was. Mm -hmm. And then he had David's song and dance, Tapman. Well, Ross could do it all too, but he didn't have Ross's classical training. Um, but they were amazing, and both of them really shaped me. Because, you know, I'm a big guy, and it was David when I was probably like, he would come and teach classes 16, 17, and then I started working for him 17, touring Australia. We had a break for like three months from school, and, and I got, he, he used me, and I was promoting alcohol illegally. <laughs> Kahlua, one part sin, two part soul. <laughs> and I would have to get out there, you do these three routines over the course of the night, and they'd be like 10 minutes each. And they were, again, really bad jazz dancing, but so puffy, cardio, and then I'd have to like, I'd have to sell all this product, you know? We got another price tonight here. If you get you go up and get your, get your Kahlua or a milk, you know, you'll get a tab like this and we'll make a draw at the end of the night. Could win yourself a fabulous visor. <laughs> 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 and, and like t-shirts. Stay till the end, you might get a visor. <laughs> no, exactly right. This is in the dregs of the dregs we're doing, like in Coburg and Melbourne. And I remember getting big bottles thrown at me. It's like, get off, you poofter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, jeez, and I'm 17. So, and eventually, eventually I got fired because they found out I was underage. But his <laughs> dancing was, his dancing, it was like quintessential, like, how many counts, get, I mean, moves can you throw into one count? <laughs> you know, because he was this big and he could do it. He's like, hi me, yeah. you know? Um, but holy cow, great training. And it, it really helped me move fast for, for a big person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you did that until, did you leave for America? 19, so I get to 19 and then, um, this is something I'm not really proud of, but, but I was working with this woman called Jackie Love and I was her boy dancer. She was a fabulous cabaret singer in Australia and she always had one male dancer. I had done this massive spectacular that Ross choreographed. It was the 1988 Bicentennial performance and it was televised and had like Peter Allen, um, John English, all these great Australians and Ross choreographed it. It, it. To this day, it holds up. It's so well done. Um, and I wasn't supposed to do it. I was in Melbourne because I've always been one to train and keep training. I always, even today, I still, I still keep it up. I grind away at it. And I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go and do an intensive ballet workshop for the next three weeks. Well, Ross called me and said, okay, these boys are shit. I need you to come here now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. okay. So they flew me up from Melbourne and I think I learned the whole thing and then we did it. I had, I had like a week left. They'd been rehearsing for about three weeks. Wow. He wasn't happy with it. So I went in there and he featured me and, and she, I worked with her and she loved me. And she was like, oh my God, you need to come and work for me. So that's, then I started working with Jackie. And then about three months later, she said, we're going to the States. We're going to Lexington, Kentucky. And I was like, and all I'd ever dreamed of, because honestly, I'd seen videos like Nasty and, and you know, uh, um, well, you know <laughs> I want to dance with somebody. All, all, and I was like, that's how I want to dance with those guys. That, that, that's the type of dancing I want to do. Um, because Australia, I felt I'd re I plateaued. You know, you've got guys doing five pirouettes there, but you go to America, you see guys doing 15 pirouettes, and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You know, mind you, I've never been able to do five pirouettes, but still, it's something to aim it's for. It's a challenge, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, 
that that I was like, that's it, that's the sign. That's I'm going to go to America. So I planned, and then I was bad. I told them, I gave them two weeks' notice before we left, and I said, I, I'm not coming back. And they had other guys that could replace me, but I didn't do it in, in, in a really. I, I should have maybe given them even more notice or come back and then use the money that I paid to go back again. Mm. But I was young and I was stupid and I really regret that. Um, that, that was a bad choice and, and you know, I apologise to Jackie year, years later. But they also did some shitty things to me. When once we, we, went to, we were performing at Keenlands in Lexington, Kentucky. That's the first place wow. I came to and we've been there. We, we performed there. there doing oh, a music yeah. video years later. Montgomery. Exactly. Hey oh. little baby wants to give me a sign, I'll do anything and make a man on mine. No way. No way. <laughs> Keith Young choreography. I've That's used right. that song so no much. Time. It's a great yeah, song. It's crazy. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Go so ahead. anyway, so we end up in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, we perform. And her management, who was Jim Brooks, he was not, not a particularly nice man. Um, they took my passport and they took my ticket from me. And they said, well, you're not going anywhere. And so they made me buy back my passport and my ticket, but they only gave me my ticket back to Los Angeles. They kept the ticket for portion to Australia and said, you can't have that. Mm. So I made maybe like $400 on the job. Uh, and and they they took that so I could get my passport and my ticket to Los oh, Angeles. Oh, so you're flat broke. So, but I had maybe three hundred dollars to my name. That was it. Mm. And I turn up in LA not knowing anyone. And as soon as the okay, and so you're not going to make a friend. So, um, no, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible at making friends. <laughs> so I, I get to Hollywood Boulevard, Orange. It was like this little motel there, and I'm staying with one of the Australian, um, the trumpet player, Paul Panicki, who's another incredible artist. He was getting a trumpet from SRI, a new one. So he said, look, you know, I'm going to be in Hollywood for like a week. Stay with me. Oh, that's okay, cool. So stay with him. Incredible. Incredible. And I turn the TV on and the first thing that comes on, we get into LA, we get, we're tired, we've been traveling. I turn it, Star Search comes on. And the first thing I see is King Boys Club. Oh. Nathan Prevost, Bubba <laughs> Carr, Bill Bowl, Eric Ellis. Ellis. Yeah. And I was, I just literally, I went like, what the f is that? Feel the heat, your body to the heat. Oh my God, I was so blown away. I, it was that inspired. I was like, right, that's, I mean, I worked out for like the next two hours, stretching. Go stretch, go stretch. And all I wanted to do was, I needed to find, okay. Where, well, Who are those guys? Those guys, I need yeah. to find them. And that became the mission. Now, my, old girlfriend in Australia had worked on uh, an Inglebert Humperdinck tour of Australia and worked with some dancers, Carrie, uh, who, who is Brennan. Uh, Carrie, Carrie married to, to uh, 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 um, 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 Barry Carrie French, Carrie Barry French. Barry French. 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 So, <laughs> so, I had to, I had to <laughs> that's another one. And that's when you're seeing that video yeah. in Australia going, yeah. holy fuck, yeah. who are these guys? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, She'd worked with him, and then he, she had a friend who was a musician that was a keyboard player on that. Long story short, I, I ended up call, calling him up because I'd met him once in Australia, going to pick her up after the show, and we had a drink, and he was a really nice guy. He's like, yeah, if you come out, come stay with me. He was out in Silmar. Now, I really, oh, wow. I really wore my welcome out there. I lasted out there for about six weeks, I think, and finally he was like, yeah, you need to go. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But they, by then, he knew a bunch of dancers. He knew Jackie, and he mm -hmm. also, I can't remember who else he knew. He knew someone else, and he contacted, no, was it Cecily? Cecily Stewart? Might have been Cecily. Yeah. And Cecily said, oh, Jackie Slide. That's where you got to go to, to, to Morlandis to Joe Tremaine. Mm -hmm. So one day, out of the great, he was so gracious. He was such a great guy. He takes me to to um, 
to the studio. And I'm there and, and we find out what time class is. I take class, he goes and runs some errands and I fall in love. And there's the likes of Michael Chambers, Nathan Prevost, Bubba Carr there. Dave Carter was there. I remember that right. flaming red hair. Um, yeah, and the, uh, what do you call that? A bandana? Bandana. bandana. His back pocket every day. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, Bill, <laughs> and Billy Bowl. Oh, Ball. my Bill Bowl. I miss dancing with Bill. He oh, was such a great dude. Dancer. So, oh, clean. so clean oh, and turn, turn like no Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's like uh, you've arrived at the promised land. This is what this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And I and so I started taking classes, eventually became friends with Dave and Dan Stoner. And they're like, well move into us. <laughs> I slept. Dave Dave rented I think he rented the couch for like a hundred bucks a month. I, I rented the carpet <laughs> in front of the couch <laughs> for like fifty bucks a month. And then I ate everybody's food because they had no money. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god. But gosh. we were in heaven. All we would do is dance. All Dan day, Stoner. Dan Stoner and Dave Carter. I mean, Dave was so generous with me. Yeah. You know, he was amazing. He's a, He's a good man. And, and yeah, we just, we would do hours and hours of day. And then, you know, you'd finish afterwards, you'd talk until all hours of the morning. We'd, there was a 7 Eleven and there was a medium strip. So we'd go and get a big gulp and these cookies and we'd sit in this medium strip and dream about, oh, if I could get a tour, what would this person in that? I mean, it was like freaking mm -hmm. <laughs> crazy. Well, it was probably like just the next week when you. Probably books share probably right. Well, uh, yeah, a no, was, yeah, no, we're not quite because I actually I didn't want to go on audition for anything. I took ten months of just studying. Mm. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, and then I ran out. I then and then my visa ran out. I had to go back home. Mm. And by that stage, I, I'd had a girlfriend, Shannon Maloney, another right. incredible, another incredible dancer. dancer. Wow, wow. Um, and I went back. I went back to Australia, and I was miserable. I was, and I, in that time, Kenny Ortega though had seen me dance at Morrowlandis and was like, "Where are you from?" Like this, so and then it's not obvious. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And then you know, and then he said, "Oh, I've got this thing upstairs. I'm auditioning for. Come and come and uh, dance for us." So I went up and danced. And then he's like, "Look, you know, you, you're freaking great. You should start. You know, I've got some stuff coming up. You want to you know, work with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." So then he started using me as an assistant. So I went to Miami with him. I went to Chicago. We did all this stuff. But then my visa ran out. And I'm like, okay, I've got to go. So I left and I took off and I didn't really say anything to anyone. Back in Sydney for about a month, no money. Miserable. Broke, miserable. <laughs> I was dressing on 42nd Street just to make enough money to save mm. to come back. And, you know, I'm dressing all these dancers and they were all snooty and thought they were, none of them had done what I'd done. You know, and I'm there. It was a really, it was very humbling and, and I, I guess I needed that. Mm -hmm. And then at night time I go and dance at this club at the Hilton called Julianas to make more money as well. Mm -hmm. So do a nightclub, because that was big then, you know, the nightclub show, dances. I mean, that was a great way to make extra mm -hmm. cash. Mm -hmm. You did the same with Chippendales, both you guys, you oh, know yeah. how it is. Gla yeah, Chippendales. And, uh, a, and a great way to, to keep your craft up. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm there back in a month, I'm staying with a friend, uh, Raquel, and one day out of the blue, Kenny calls. He's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, how'd you get your number? And he's like, oh, your old roommate in, in um, Bluffside, I think it was Dan Stoner, gave, mm. us, gave us your number. And he's like, oh, what are you doing in Australia? So oh, the visa ran out, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's like, well, when are you coming back? And I didn't know because I didn't have enough money yet to buy a ticket. I said, oh, I'm not sure, you know. And he's like, oh, that's a pity because, look, I've got shares tours coming up and I've told her all about you and you'd be perfect for it. She hasn't toured in 10 years, making a big comeback. Mm. It's going to be a really, really big show. I was like, oh, geez, I'd love to be there, you know, but, but um, he's like, well, the audition, this was Wednesday in Australia, Tuesday in America, because Australia's a day mm -hmm. ahead. The audition was going to be on Thursday. And I said, oh, look, I've got commitments, you know, I, 
I'm dressing. I, you know, I, I, just, I just couldn't couldn't let these people down because also I felt bad after the Jackie Love incident where I left her in America. Right. I felt guilty. So I felt guilty. Because you have a conscience. Yeah, conscious. apparently. <laughs> so I get off the phone and Raquel, my roommate at the time, she says, "What are you fucking nuts?" She says, you call him back and say, hey, do you have the job or not? So I call him straight back. I said, look, Kenny, do I have the job? He's like, no, look, as far as I'm concerned, you do. But she has final say on everybody. So you have to be there at the audition. So I was like, okay. So he said, look, if you're there, you've got a very, very good chance of getting this. I'm like, damn. Okay, thanks, Kenny. So I hang up and I, um, I call my mum and I lied to my mum. I said, look, I told her, oh, your chance called that. You know, Kenny, who I've been working with, they want me for the shine, but I need, to, I gotta fly myself back there. You know, and she's like, oh. So her boyfriend, he, Dudley, God rest his soul, he was tighter than, tighter than a snake's bunghole, but he was also a good dude. And he lent me the money. And this is in the day now, so this was Wednesday. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll lend you the money. I'll wire the money into you, put it in your bank account, and you can go draw it out. So it was Wednesday, which used to be matinee show, two show day, all the blue rinses come. In the, you know, so I go in, I go in, and I'm thinking, oh God, what am I going to tell these guys? You know, I have to leave the show now, and they've just, you know, I've just been here. They've given me this job. They've been very gracious. So I tell Crystal, who's this gorgeous sort of wardrobe depart, head of wardrobe, um, in big in musical theatres in, in Australia, and I say, Chris, you know, I, I told him the story with Cher, and of course, you know, it's all the queens. Because I love Cher. Oh my God, you've <laughs> got to do it. This is amazing. Don't worry about fucking dressing. <laughs> like, we'll just, I'll get someone to come in and they can cover you. Nice. Like this. So, I did, I did the, the, I did my show, and then in between the two shows, I taught one of the dancers, Chris Horsey, another incredible Australian dancer. I taught him my Juliet, my nightclub show. So he learnt that, and then I did the, the. Um, I did the dressing show in the night, the nighttime show for 42nd Street, and I mm. taught the replacement dresser. Wow. Went to the nightclub after that, did, did my nightclub show, went home, packed my bags, got up early in the morning. This is the day before internet, you know. Yeah. So you couldn't buy a ticket online. I had to go into the travel agent. I first go to the bank, draw the money out. Yeah. Then, you know, no, no sort of ATM or anything like that. Then, then pay hard cash for the ticket, then go home. Racky took me to the airport, I jump on the plane, I, I land, I get in early in the morning, um, uh, Shannon picks me up in the car, mm. I get dressed in the car and I'm on my way out to Malibu because the audition's gonna be at Pepperdine University. Oh my gosh. And I get there and there's like, there's like three, there's like 300 people there. It's like nuts, it's packed. And, and I'm shitting myself because I've never, I've never borrowed that much money. I've never seen that much money in my life. $2,000, such a big amount. I mean, I never had any money. So I'm like, I've got to pay, how am I going to pay this back if I don't get this job? I'm like, screwed, you're know, like this. So we all get in there, I'm like, all right, just breathe, just learn the routine. <laughs> Doriana's there with Baba, they're the assisting, uh, assisting Kenny Ortega, Kenny's there doing his thing, telling everyone, you know, how great the tour's going to be, and everyone's like pumped, you know. Um, so we all learn the routine. Then they have the girls go in groups of four, Great, they all finish. Then it's the guys' turn. And I'm not till the last group. And I'm watching all these guys in groups go in groups of four. And I'm, it's building in me. I'm like, oh, fuck, I've got to get this, got to get this. What I've got to get, you know, how am I going to pay them back? And then the music comes. And I, it, again, it was when God speaks. It just, this thing took over my body and I was on fire. <clears throat> you know what it's like when it hits you and it's just like everything, all the training and everything just hit. Mm -hmm. And I danced out of my skin. I was like, okay, good. And so I was happy with that. I thought, okay, I've done a good job. If I don't get it, that's cool. I couldn't have danced any better. Mm. So they go, all right, guys, great. Go outside, we're gonna make the first cut. And then we go out, we sit there for about 45 minutes. They bring everybody else back in. And they, uh, Kenny's standing there and he's got a headshots there. And he puts down on the floor, he goes, okay, these people step forward. 
Michelle Rudy, Troy Burgess, Aaron Cash. You guys have got the job. You can sit down and watch everybody else audition. Oh, wow. When does that happen? And she's, sit she's sitting there, you know, at the desk at the front. She's got this, like, you know, velour jumpsuit oh. on with this cat in a hat top hat on and a little John Lennon glasses. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my hair used to be down to here. Yeah. And it was like, you guys, were, so I walk up and she goes, oh, my God. She's like, look at you. She's like, she's like you're like my Australian Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, I can barely see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was my massive break, uh, and then for, and then she sponsored me to to get legal and my green That's card, amazing. and that was a ten year culminating in a ten year career touring with her. Ten years. Ten years. Ten years. Ten years. Working with Dory, Baba, Kenny, all these amazing dancers. And that was just not the concert tour. That was videos oh, and videos. television yeah, specials yeah, exactly. and appearances all, exactly. all over the world, exactly. right? It was amazing, yeah. All over the Talk world. shows all Talk over shows. the world. Yep, yep, yep. Entertainment shows yep. all over the world. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How did you break with her? What, what took you away from Cher? I, I was about 30 at the time, and it's in hindsight now, we just, there was the Believe Tour, it was 99, <laughs> 2000. And I could feel, you know, I've had two hip replacements. Uh, and that was really the turning point when my, my I think it was my, my right hip started to go. In hindsight, I see it now, because I, I just didn't have the same snap that I had. Um, ten, but years ten years before. Ten years before, exactly. Who does? Funny yeah. how that happens. Mm. But um, I wanted to get more into acting, and I, I, there was a, a job for me back in Sydney, working, doing Shakespeare in the park, and with two mates, and and I, that's really where I wanted to head. But it, mm. it head, and and it, you know, it was sad. It was really sad. It's like leaving a lover, your family. It's a leaving part of the family, and and it, it was it wasn't easy, but. You know, it, it, you navigated when, it. Yeah, we navigate yeah. it, and you do what you got to do. And they were really lovely and gracious, and they let me go. And you know, but um, yeah. that was an amazing time with that. But I think it's probably I think we're at that time where it's ah, time to wrap 30, things up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So once again, we guys, um, we're the Shuffle and Flow show. And if you have any comments or questions, concerns or needs, let us know. The Shuffle and Flow at gmail.com. And we always forget to say this, but subscribe, like, and share yeah. on our YouTube Please. channel. <laughs> spread the share. news. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. So we'll see you next time from who knows what the next location will be. Thanks a lot. Hey. Have, a, have a great day. Be kind to one each other. One another. Blah, 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 blah. Blah.